Hi. Welcome to 10 CDs for a Penny, the show where we talk about mild music mags and culture and stuff. I'm Jackson Maine. This episode, we're going to be discussing Rolling Stone, July 1998, and their summer issue. And with me this week is two very special guests. When I thought about creating this podcast, I had a lot of people in mind that I knew that I'd want to do episodes with. And this week, uh, two of those people are here, Sheila Roberts and Vince McGrath. Two people I've known for a long time. I met Sheila working with her 16 years ago. I met Vince through Sheila. And we became fast friends bonding over music. So I'm very excited to have them on today because they are two very knowledgeable people when it comes to music and pop culture. Sheila now works with the Trailer Park Boys. She manages music artists. And if you want to talk about a person who has a hundred stories about hanging out with rock stars, Sheila is that person. So it's great to have her on the episode to share her knowledge. And we're going to be discussing a feature article on Rolling Stones voted number one summer songs of all time. I think we decided uh, during the course of this that this was kind of an on-the-nose list. It seemed like the criteria was just picking songs with the word summer in the name. So some we decided were a good fit and others we decided weren't. But I picked this issue because it's summertime and I wanted to talk about summer songs and I wanted to have a summer issue discussion. We're also going to be talking about uh, the Spice Girls and how Jerry Hollowell has left the group. It was a big deal. And Madonna's on the cover of this issue. Madonna has almost no presence in this issue other than a photo shoot. It was literally just her image on the cover to sell issues. And I've never had to add as much music as I did for this episode, so welcome to it. This is an episode that was just one giant list of us commenting on songs. And you guessed it, Smash Mouth makes an appearance. Somehow Smash Mouth makes an appearance in every one of these episodes, even though I hate them. Uh, But (laughs) we've just done too many late 90s episodes. We're going to have to switch it up. So join us as we re-enter... The magical summer of July 1998. This this is actually funny because this is like the, the double issue summer issue. I found that this issue was kind of weakish. Like, you know, other than like the article on uh, summer songs in the middle. There's this is Madonna is on the cover of this magazine and she's not even really in it. Is I don't this, know. Uh, Ray of Light Madonna. Yeah, this would be Ray of Light Madonna era. All this is in here is just a David LaChapelle photo shoot of her. The first thing I think of is this is all in like, she's like in like Indian saris and kind of just Indian uh, attire and fashion. I feel like this would never occur today. <laughs> they would never put this on the cover of Rolling Stone or any magazine. There's a lot of things that Madonna did that would never occur today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yes I, and no. Yes, I agree. I mean, she was an innovator, but there's a lot of things like this is this definitely counts as cultural appropriation. Um, yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was really cute at the time, but now I look at it going, man, would this not fly in this climate right now? <laughs> True story. But yeah, like if you go to the actual the Madonna like spread, it's yeah, it's just. It's just a bunch of photos. This was kind of like a photo issue. 
there was a bunch of right. stuff in the background too like I, i've noticed too there was just like them taking shots of mxpx and stuff like that on skateboards i was like this doesn't have to do with anything <laughs> i do remember their uh, summer issues used to be pretty good like they normally were like double issues and Sometimes they were pretty good. This one doesn't seem that great, though. No, I know. That's what I was thinking. And I think it's again, just goes back to 1998, summer. What do, Can you guys remember anything good? Like, is there something from 1998 where you're, like, you really champion? Because I don't really have that. 1998. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the World Cup was in 1998. Yeah, okay. That. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. I, uh, I, musically? I, yeah. It, it wasn't, like, in... For me, like the end of the nineties were pretty bad. Yeah, I me thought. too. I was not into like nineteen ninety to ninety five, ninety six was really good. Mm-hmm. The latter part of the nineties, not so good, not so good. It wasn't like a lot of uh, new metal, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the rise of all that stuff, wasn't it? Exactly. So that's like the, the yeah. you know, even as a kid, you know, like uh, everything that I was listening to kind of started plateauing around that time. Like even the punk I was listening to, it was just like I was gotten into it in the early 90s or mid 90s and by 98 you know it was kind of just it wasn't it wasn't what it was and i was kind of lost like i didn't know what to listen to i was trying to discover new things and i do remember actually i tried to get it i, I didn't try to but i got into electronic music was really getting big yeah that's like true prodigy yeah Michael brothers so I, I remember listening to that back then yeah for like sure it, like 97 98 who's what's what that brandy and monica Oh, sorry. Oh, that's coming up, <laughs> Sheila. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, that was the song of '98 summer. Oh, I know, bud. That's that's really <laughs> funny. You bring that up. It's true that that's. I mean, obviously not mentioned because like when we get to that article, it's like the greatest ones of all time. They couldn't exactly name that one then, but oh, you couldn't escape the boy is mine. And yeah. Brandy and it's, it's Monica. A good tune. It's a good tune. They both put it on their record. You could buy it on either record. Smart. They're smart. It's good. Yeah, it was brilliant. It's a good tune. I uh, like when Vince is like, I seriously mean it. It was a good tune. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not, not messing around. I like Brandy and Monica. It's like, okay, yeah. not judging. When that came on on much music, I did not flip it. Well, <laughs> neither did I. <laughs> That was staying on. Well, that's for different reasons, gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. Not really. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> there was. Although I liked Monica. Monica was pretty cute. Yeah, there was like, an, they were like an inch away from a cat fight in that video. <laughs> that's why it tuned in. Maybe this time it'll happen. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, solid, solid summer '98 tune right there. Yeah. Okay, that's a good start to this. Um, and then if you flip to pretty much the next one, there's this sidebar article about the Spice Girls and about how Jerry Spice has left the Spice Girls, but they're yeah, still, but they're still going to go on. That's and, right. and that they, was a big deal. Was it? I do not. I mean, I don't oh, really I have a memory of this. No do, you, do you have you a memory of this? Man? Oh yeah. That's a big deal. <laughs> she was the first one to, to, to get out. Yeah. And then I do not remember this at all. And you know, then, it's funny, but the, the one thing I thought that well, there's more than one thing, but in the articles, it's something that cracked me up was like the guy's like Hallowell, a weak singer and dancer. Yeah, the group's most business minded number. Like, he just says she's the weakest singer and dancer. <laughs> she sucks, but she's, she's good with numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
it just made no sense to me. I love how seriously they wrote this this article. That yeah. was what I took away because this is the, like the Spice Girls were just a joke. Like they were so much fun and they were this big factory made band, but who could write a serious like band breaking up article about the Spice Girls? <laughs> they certainly well, gave it a try. If you look at the bottom like they were it was on the eve of a US tour. I know. So that was and uh their first stop was in Florida. They only had two calls inquiring about refunds. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, that says it all, right? Right, right. Everybody Do we was... know why she left? It says I that... don't even, like, why why she got out. I mean, and they were... She had, she had issues with the scary spice, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was a, there was a lot of... Scary. There was a lot of band infighting, Sheila. Uh, they just couldn't continue Mel on. Is constantly yelling at the rest of them. No, oh, yeah. Others just take it, but Jerry got stuck. <laughs> I love how you read this and you're like so in. Yeah. Like, I got it all. They I know. Cracked, yeah, they cracked it up. <laughs> um, I can't say, honest to God, that I was never as, like. I mean, what's the, the the big song? Whatever. I remember seeing. Which the video. one? Wannabe. Um, I'll tell you what I want. Yeah. yeah. And all I could think of was what is Jerry Hall or whatever her name is. What did she have on? It's like this weird bodysuit or something. And that's what I was always fascinated with. I'm like, why did she go out in this? I don't get the outfit. I mean, but that song, it just turned into like the Macarena for me. I just hate. <laughs> then I just started hating it. Every time I heard it, I was like, just shoot me. And I understood that it was fun, but I did not. I was not a Spice Girls fan. I could care less. Well, me neither. I mean, we're all of like different ages here, but I was in high school for for the for the spice girls they came out when i was about 16 and again i was remember like i think i've said this before on this pod that i remember almost at the exact same time the spice girls and the backstreet boys kind of appeared and this was like the height of like alt rock and everything and i was like well this is never gonna fly like what are who is trying to push this this is never going to happen and boy was i wrong yeah yeah, you were were mistaken about that one But I just, yeah, it was what Vince said, too, that they're talking about how she's the the weakest singer and dancer of the group. And I think, too, you know, there's been a million factory-made bands, but at least they put something together. Like, I look at, yeah, you could say, like, the boy bands, you know, New Kids on the Block and uh, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. These guys are all people who are, like, kind of bred from a young age, like, singing and dancing, and they, like, put them together, and, like, they just practiced, you know, day and night. They had talent for whatever they were. And like the monkeys too. Like they were like the first ones. And oh they put God, them together. Don't talk about the monkeys. I love the monkeys. No. I want to talk about them later. They're oh, one yeah? of my songs. Oh, okay. So I mean there's no I have nothing wrong with the monkeys. And I think like, you know, again, they're like a factory made band, but a bunch of guys who could actually sing and play, even though they weren't yeah. really playing on the records because they weren't allowed. But obviously they toured. The Spice Girls, I just every time I thought was were they the only good looking girls in Britain? Like <laughs> Just like they pulled these girls together, none of them could really dance, none of them could really sing, and it really sold me. The the first, when I saw them on Saturday Night Live, and oh my God, could they not like not not the rest of them really, but Victoria Beckham, like she could not sing her way out of a freaking paper bag, man. Like oh my God, she was horrible. Like they couldn't yeah, put enough even, effects on her to make her good. That's right. I think even on Wannabe, like she actually doesn't have any lines. Really? So, so. <laughs> she's 
she's just she there. doesn't care now, my friends. <laughs> no, she certainly doesn't. Yeah, I guess there was no good girl groups. Where was there? I mean, I just well, pulled up like girl groups, you know, 1998, and there's not a whole bunch here. Is that wow. Destiny's, Destiny's Child? Destiny's Child. I think when oh, I think yeah, it, it's true when I think of girl groups, I think of R and B groups. I don't think of Spice Girls type oh, pop PLC, groups. Which, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, Destiny's Child or Destiny's like Child. on Vogue yeah. or like something like that. I always think of R and B when I think of female groups like that. That was a good marketing move. Sugar Babes. Sugar Babes. They're, they're UK, I think. Another UK. Sugar one. Babes. Oh yeah. Electro pop. Yeah, they're another UK one. I don't really know much about them. And uh, who's um. Liam Gallagher, he's married to the girl in All Saints. Oh, yeah, yeah. All Saints. Yeah, All Saints, yeah. Who had All Saints, I liked them. Maybe two Those songs. Sisters were uh, Canadian. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're oh, from God, like, right. Mississauga Thanks, or something. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. I think they moved to the UK. They, they were okay. They had some good tunes. Yeah, they are fine. They did. I liked them. Some catchy tunes. Tattoo, you guys. Tattoo? Oh. Remember that Russian tattoo? Oh, yeah. Oh, and they were, were they teenage lesbians? <laughs> yes, and they, like, had their, <laughs> remember, they were Russian, and they came out, um, wasn't it, like, the Grammy Awards or something, and everybody was horrified because they came out in their underwear? Yes, and they, and I, I think, think the, said, oh, yeah, I guess you remember that. If you remember Monica and Brandy, <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking you wouldn't remember Tattoo. <laughs> yeah. All that, that whole, like, lesbian sideline thing might have been all made up as well just to, to create oh create probably yeah oh it says yeah the controversial tune and fake lesbian act oh okay right. it was fake? desired attention to the band members oh wow okay it's a marketing ploy again oh, something yeah that like hasn't aged well like no one would give a shit about that now like trying to market some like lesbian yeah, like teenage lesbians true. now as a pop group like everybody be like try a little harder this is normal now yeah, yeah. totally <laughs> Good, good marketing job though with whoever created Spice Girls because they definitely fit fill the void. Yeah, you're right. It it was amazing. Like that was an amazing experiment that you you really could just take a bunch of fun personalities and just make yep. a group because those girls really couldn't sing and couldn't dance. No. <laughs> they just then, they were picked purely on like looks and personality. Like cartoon characters for little girls. Yeah, you're right. Okay, where are we going now? All right, let's get into this. Let's get into the feature article on the Rolling Stone Hot 40, it's called. The Greatest Summer Songs of All Time. All time! All time. So before you start, Jackson, what do you think of this list as a whole? Like, what was your first impression when you read it? Okay, my impression off the top is that it's a bit on the nose. Or more than a little on the nose, because practically every song they picked just has the word summer in it. It was like the Wikipedia of summer songs, and like see what what comes up. I was kind of underwhelmed. By yeah, I, I I think I was too. I mean, there's certainly when you go through, there's uh there's some amazing songs on here, like that are it's yeah. not like it's and they're not unobvious choices. I mean, anyone would like agree with this, I would suppose. But yeah, mm-hmm. like, do you think it's lazy? I think it's a little lazy, but I still think there's some great choices on here. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, let's just uh, we can run through them. Uh, number one on the list is Eddie Cochran's "Summertime Blues" 1958. Uh, I love, I love this song. Yeah. Yeah, 
Um, the Ventures Walk Don't Run. Um, yeah, I could like I could take that or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm not a big surf rock. Surfer. Yeah, I like that song, but it's like a summer song. Like just lumping in every '60s surf song, like into these lists is like, yeah, we get it. It was they were all like surf tunes from California, yeah. and yeah, okay. So that yeah, that makes sense. Chubby Checker, let's twist again, like we did last summer. In parentheses. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I'll I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll let that. That seems like it would be. I still like that song. I mean, I feel like that would have been like the song of the summer. I didn't actually look up when it was released, but I can see that being like a party anthem, a big banger. In uh, what was and, it? Nineteen sixty-one. Appeared in many many commercials over the years. Yeah, no shit. Talking lots of stuff. Ch- Chubby yeah. Checker certainly cashed in on publishing rights if he has the publishing rights for that. Dick Dale Mazurlu. 1962 again like we're just like going down the list of surf songs i have a question for you guys did you ever hear this song before pulp fiction came out no no i never did i've i mean okay so i was 14 when pulp fiction came out so i don't have like a ton of context for like you know living a life like before this with music but i never i never heard this song before and i feel like this was just like thrown onto this list because this was four years after the Pulp Fiction soundtrack and everybody knew it, but this, was this a big yeah. summer song? It's kind of a dark song. <laughs> yeah, and I no, I never heard that song before that movie. No, me neither. No idea. Okay, next one is Jan and Dean Surf City. I had no idea this was not the Beach Boys. I listened to this oh, song. Really? It sounds oh, like you it was the Beach Boys oh, nice. yeah, because it sounds exactly like the Beach Boys. Like, I don't really know the catalog of Jan and Dean, but if this is what it is, oh, then it I just... Oh, Someone died in a car accident. That's oh, yeah. all I ever hear about Jan and Dean. Like, someone bit it on, you know... Yeah. Mulholland Drive or something, and it yeah. was like, okay, what else do we know about them? Zero and this song. Yeah. So I always, like, don't care about the names. <laughs> so not nice to say, but... <laughs> yeah, the guy died and he wrote this rip-off song. What ass. Yeah. Next. Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Perfect. This is why I wanted to do a podcast with you, Sheila. <laughs> Martha and the Vandals, Heat Wave, 1963. Yeah. I could, Great, yeah. 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 And then like, right after 1964, Dancing in the Street. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we, we cannot disagree that that's... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we, no, yeah. You're right about that. No, we're in. The Beach Boys, I Get Around. I'm into that. That's a really good song, too. I think so. Yeah. I love the Beach Boys, and it's funny because I hated the Beach Boys, but I didn't hate them. Yeah. I, maybe I was over them. I don't know. But I've gone back to the Beach Boys, like, this year. Like, oh, yeah? I, on my, like, just COVID out in the backyard. I am ripping Beach Boys all day long. And people are laughing at me. They're like, when did this start? I'm like, I just realized how how much, how wonderful their songs really are. I mean, I think it was just, I took it a, just took it for granted. I was like, oh, Beach Boys, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think I hated Mike Love so for much. Sure. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Beach Boys rule. Like, did you hate the Beach Boys because they ended up being just like bad 80s tribute Beach yeah. Boys with Mike Love? Like, I don't remember, um, like, what, you know, my brother and my sister were probably listening to. But, yeah, I had, like, that 80s, like, they were all cheesy, and they had the Hawaiian shirts on, and they were, you know, I hadn't gone that deep into the whole history of them yet, so. Right, right. Um, 
But yeah, there you can't deny how great they were. No, I mean it was all Brian Wilson. I mean it was essentially like rules. him. Yeah. <laughs> like, when you start getting into the Beach Boys and discovering how he wrote these songs, like he, well, yeah, he's a bona fide genius. I don't throw the word genius around at all, and I definitely feel he is. The Drifters under the boardwalk. It's fine. I could take it or leave it. It's a yeah, it's a I'm fine, fine song. I'm like, it's okay. I think it's got a really good uh, melody and uh, just a good little cool little pop song. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. No, it, it's good. I mean, you really can't, you know, hate on too much from this era when you're getting into like the '60s because the quality oh, of good. the quality of music and musicianship was there. Like, you couldn't get on a record without being good and very talented and very practiced. We'll no, see as yeah. We go through the list. Well, I'm talking about the '60s, Sheila. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> okay, Sheila, you're gonna hate this one. Uh, the Rolling Stones' "Satisfaction." I love the Stones, so yeah. I can't hate "Satisfaction." Yeah. No, I was just joking. I know you love the Stones. <laughs> um, "Satisfaction" is just—it's just one of those songs that they played too much. It's the same old, same old, right? Oh yeah. But it's you know. You're right, but... It's a really good. It's a really good. It's one. a great it's tune. Good. It's just you got sick of it. It's like play ventilator blues or something else. You oh, know, okay. it was just satisfaction was the song. Yeah. And it's you know I don't hate it. I love them, but yeah. I, I still I, don't I, listen to it though. I skip over it on my playlist. Oh really? Yeah, I'm still sick of it. I have to say. I assume like Rolling Stone, these are songs that were released in the summer, right? Yeah. The Rolling Stone list. I assume so. Yeah. yeah. You could totally see like whatever whatever year that that was. Yeah. And hearing that song in nineteen sixty five or whatever, would be, yeah. be amazing. That was yeah. a very different song. You listen to that, like you know, like especially what's coming out. Like we're talking about, like yeah, the under the boardwalk and heat wave and stuff like that in Motown. Oh sure. That riff, that opening riff is so iconic, and it's and it's kind of it's dirty, it's dark, but it's but the song is 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 bright. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a really good mix. Uh, yeah. I want to say this, and I, I I don't know if you guys can think of something off the top of your head that can match this, but I feel that Satisfaction has the most recognizable first one second of a song of all time, other oh, that's than... that's a great question. There's got to be, a, like, of all time. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. No, my two... Yeah, that's big. My two are Satisfaction and Smells Like Teen Spirit. I don't know about Smells Like Teen Spirit. I think that... Satisfaction for certain, but if you're saying glow, like how are we? How are we? Uh, I'm, like globally, there's people n- would understand it. I I just riff? I mean this is just me and my opinion, and there's a, probably a lot of people who don't even know these songs or whatever, like as well as we do. Uh, like in pop music and like you know younger people like listen to hip hop now or something like that. Like I mean, there's no way to like justify this, but when I think of one second of a song. Of just like nar nar right there. Yeah. That's one second. Yeah, I was like mean, that like, like the beginning. The very first, that is incredible. The very first like and I can listen to that seconds. one second over and over again. I love the first riff of that song so much. I really love Satisfaction. It's one of my favorite Stone songs, and it is their biggest, most commercial song. But I've never really like loved Stone's records as a whole. I always liked all their hits, oh. and they've got tons of hits. This podcast is over. <laughs> well, that's the thing, Sheila. I don't want to get I'm into kidding, it with you. I'm joking. But no, it's true. Like I, but I, I am. I'm a Beatles camp. I can listen to a whole Beatles record, but I get into 
like satanic majesties and i'm like it's just it doesn't really connect with me that's a shitty album yeah Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Problem solved. I, I want to play the uh, guitar riff game. You know, the one you said, the first couple notes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Vince. Let's go back to that. Because uh, you said don't think about it, right? So the first two that came to my head was uh, Back in Black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. For sure. Yeah. And then uh, Smoke on the Water. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Smoke on the Water. Yeah, okay. But, I didn't like that song. But, like, okay, with Smoke on the Water... I mean, I'm sure you would know it within the first one second, but that's literally one note. Nah. Like, that's it. <laughs> nah. It's true. Nah, nah. It's true. But Back in Black, I could get behind for sure. Darn. That one. Is that the same note? Sure. <laughs> is, that, is that just... What's Back in Black? Maybe. Darn. G? D? Um, okay. Yeah, very memorable intros. Yeah, that's okay. true. Well, that's true, yeah. I love a big, awesome guitar riff. The one uh, that I was going to say, too, that's not like a super well-known song, but obviously we know it, is Seether by Veruca Salt. That <laughs> that opening riff. Oh, my God. that's I can just like listen to that on repeat. I love that opening. Great tune. Now, so good. See, now I'm going to have to put that on a playlist. <laughs> I forgot about that song. It's so awesome. Um. But I know that there's like, yeah, Beatles, you know, the answer that I freaking hate and like, I don't know who started this or when people started dropping it, but it was like, oh, Beatles are the Stones. It's like the kinks, man. It's like, okay, who said that? And why does everybody have that answer now? What's that? Say it again. Beatles versus Rolling Stones. Uh huh. And then people will go, oh no, it's the kinks. Yeah, Can I, I know. say the kinks? Uh huh. You're like, shut up. Who said yeah. that first? And then everybody just started repeating it. And I'm like, name me one kink song, dickweeds. Yeah, I know. It. Well, that's the thing. Oh. The kinks have a shitload of records. You have to be really into the kinks or you don't. I mean, it's not like they're playing them on the radio, like they're playing the Beatles or the Stones. So I've never I've never really dove mean. into their like records. It's one of those pretentious answers. They're the kinks, man. Uh, yeah. Oh, they're probably on this list. I didn't check it out. I don't think no. so but well we'll see actually let's keep going oh my god number next one the kink sunday afternoon <laughs> i turned the page wow well fuck these guys yeah, this song is fine. I've never like really connected with it, but I do like it. It's kind of a nice stonery song for the summer, sure. I am definitely way more of a fan of Summer in the City by the Love and Spoonful, which come up next. Love that Love song. Love that song. Me too. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't no? Like it. No? Didn't like that one? It's, it, just, it's an, it annoys me. <laughs> okay. It's fair. Yeah. It's totally fair. Uh, the guitarist of the Love and Spoonful used to live in Kingston, Ontario, my hometown. He was oh, the, yeah. he was the owner of a restaurant, Shea Piggy, that Sheila's probably been to. Oh, I love Shea Piggy. Yeah, he was like the mayor of Kingston. Everyone knew him and loved him. There's a million Zalman stories. Like, everyone has a Zalman story. Uh, okay, next one, Donovan, Sunshine Superman. I I'll get behind this one. I love Donovan. I love his hits. I would, I would put this on the list for sure. Yeah. Like, he's a, he was a pretty cool dude and that's a good tune. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Sheila? Do you like this one? I'm out. 
You're out? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> Never a Donovan fan. Don't know why. Don't care. I mean, I just like his hits. It's not like I know his, like, records. I mean, he's only got a handful. Yeah, but... I mean, even this song, though, like, I'm, it's, it's like what Vince said about Love and Spoonful. Like, it kind of annoys me a bit. I'm like, oh. yeah, whatever. Okay, cool. Uh, the Beatles, Good Day Sunshine. All the time. Yeah. Would you? Okay. And if you had to choose between this one or Here Comes the Sun on this list, would you choose Good Day Sunshine or Here Comes the Sun? Ooh, I would pick. I would choose Here Comes the Sun. Yeah, I would too. That's a good, really good song. I really, I like that one better. Yeah, that song is a bit more meaningful. Yeah, it's true. It's got a good story. Did you want to talk about it? I mean, what? Like, I mean, it was after. <laughs> no, I'm like, when he's like, it's a bit more meaningful. I'm like, did you want to talk about that? Uh, no, Do not you want to expand just, on why? It then? Seemed, it's just a better written, well, better, just a better written song. That's kind of what I meant. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he wrote this when he like after he was uh, getting a divorce in the '60s, and he went to his friend's house to hang out. I heard him tell this story. He's like, yeah, I went to my friend's house to hang out. I was really bummed out. And I was just like sitting in his garden. And I just started like playing this riff. And that's who the, where the song, like when it, where it was born. And the interviewer goes, who was the friend you were visiting? He's like, Eric Clapton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, nice. I was just sitting in his backyard writing this song. Right. Just and hanging out with Eric Clapton. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I do nice. not like Eric Clapton's music. That was a pretty good story. The doors light my fire. Doors. Um, I mean, it's a pretty obvious one, but yeah, I know. It's very. It is, a, it is a pretty like it is a good song. Like I like the Doors. Um, this is probably wouldn't be in my top five Doors songs, but no, it's a really good song. And it's kind of when you think about it, like going back to that movie, like the Oliver Stone movie. Yeah. Um, which I think is really good. Yeah. Some people don't like it. A lot of people Val, like that. I thought Val Kilmer was really good. Yeah. But this tune, like, to be a a big radio song back in 1967. I think it was like six minutes or something like that. Six yeah, and a half minutes. That's true. Including like a super long organ solo. <laughs> yeah. like, it's pretty crazy if you think about it. Um, James Brown, Cold Sweat. I feel like you can just, yeah, I'm on it. Like, I mean. How do you not like Cold Sweat? Come well, on. yeah. But I feel like just like throw a James Brown song on, like a single on here. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Oh, I'm in. Like, <laughs> What are you going to do? Like, yes, this is hot for the summer. I'm in. Yes. Here's probably one of my top ones. Sigh on the Family Stone, Hot Fun in the Summertime. Love it. I love that song. I love Sly and the Family Stone. And when you put on that, like, just like that Sly and the Family Stone greatest hits and just realize how many recognizable songs they have. And they're all sort of similar to this song, like just like big summer bangers. This guy was the king of writing like summer anthems. Agreed. Yeah, and I think you're right about that too. A lot of people might hear a verse or a, or a chorus or something from and not realize it's Slime Family Stone. Yeah, yeah, like, that, that's come up before, you know. Yeah, for sure. You might they might not totally get their uh, their due because people, for whatever reason, don't realize that. Oh, it's Slime the Family Stone. Yeah, Alice Cooper schools out. Oh yeah, buddy. Come I mean, on. what are we gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna disagree with that? the best okay how about this not as a song but as like a summer song marvin gay let's get it on yeah. is this on the, is this on the list or yeah this is it this is on the list this is after alice okay. cooper why are you saying it like like why is it a summer song yeah why is it a summer song like it's a 
beautiful, well-written, incredible, iconic song. But is it a summer song? Oh, let's get it on when it's hot out at night if you're making out with somebody in a car. Come on, bud. Yeah, but I could be be doing that in the winter, too. No, 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 no. It's definitely got, like, that, that, you know, steamy, sexy feel. Let's get it on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah, I guess it's it's a pretty humid song. You're right. If they had like a Human, yes. <laughs> if they had a Rolling Stone like sexiest songs list, I'm sure this would be on it. This would be number one, like this, yeah. and then like it'd be tied with any number of Barry White songs. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Prince should be in there too somewhere. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, if, oh well, you know, it's true. Like those are the those are the the holy trinity of sex songs. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I know this guy is like has had a crazy, very successful career, but no, no I, I can't get behind this. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a stupid song, <laughs> but it's synonymous with summer. Yeah. I mean, I've been to Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville in Mexico, and like that just says it all. <laughs> it's just like when you. Oh God! I thought you were about to say you were at a Jimmy Buffett concert. Oh no! Be like what? No. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation I want to have, though. It's like when do artists become like, like they're so stupid, and then they just become cool all of a sudden? You know what I mean? It's it's tough to like kind of articulate, but. Someone who has just been like the cheesiest person ever, and then they have like this forty-year career, and all of a sudden they're just kind of so past all of that that they've been made fun of so much that they're cool. Like I'm kind of waiting for that to happen to Nickelback in like about fifteen years, where teenagers are just like they're so stupid and overblown that they're kind of cool. Like I saw it sort of happen with with Celine Dion. Like she's kind of like respectable now to like almost listen to and go to Vegas and stuff like that. But in the '90s, it was like no one would have been caught dead listening to Celine Dion if you were into the music that we all appreciate. That is true. Yeah. And for Jimmy Buffet, <laughs> uh, his, uh, like, he has made a whole career about of touring in the summertime and like the subculture of parrot heads. It's, yeah. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, me neither. Does he have all. like a liquor too or no? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure he does. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's true. He has this like Grateful Dead kind of following where they just yeah, yeah they're called parrot heads and people tour around to see him like like he's kind of just like Super this. Weird to me. I know. But... but he's actually a pretty cool guy when you read interviews with him. Like he's he kind of oh, really? he's kind of in on the joke, you know? <laughs> he gets it. Okay. He's not like Mr. I'm an artist and people still come out to see me. He's like yeah, I get it. I get what we're doing here and it's just tons of fun and I'm super rich. <laughs> That's like, what yeah, else well, do you have? Well, yeah, he's having a good time. yeah, Who pretty cares, much. Right? How can you not playing that song for the past and fifty I think years? People just go to those shows like, and just get really drunk. Yeah, that's what I've seen. I think I've walked by like a. For some reason, I was out by uh, the amphitheater a few years ago, and like, there was some serious partying going on. Everybody was probably in their like early sixties, mm-hmm. but uh, they were all drunk. Yeah, <laughs> at around, it was like six thirty. Oh, perfect. I mean, that was their one day a year, you know, getting, so, out, you know, getting out of the office, going to the Jimmy Buffett concert. Could be a good time. Yeah. Okay, My so. goodness, we're judgmental. Okay, so we're all going next summer. We're all going. <laughs> I was just going to say, let's go. We're going to 
going to the That's it. Tickets. We're on our way. Man, we really, we really did a 180 in the past like four minutes there. Although, not to get off this for a second, though, but you mentioned Nickelback, and there was a meme going around not too long ago, I'm going to say like a week ago, and apparently it was Nickelback, and it said, if you think 2020 is bad, we're going to drop a new album, <laughs> yeah. and I started howling, and I'm like, okay, if they legit said that, I'm like, respect, Yeah. but I then know. somebody said, no, somebody made that up, it was a joke, it wasn't them. Oh, that's like, too oh. bad. Because had they made that joke about themselves, I would have been so happy. I would have been like, well done. Yeah, I know. I would have actually given them like a shred of respect. Yeah, well, not tons of respect. Exactly. I would have been like, good job. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. somebody was like, no, it's fake. I was like, oh, too bad. That's too bad. Shockingly, those guys take oh. themselves very seriously. <laughs> Shockingly, it was fake. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, number, uh, no, there's no numbers. The next one is Ramon's Rockaway Beach. Yeah, it is. Number two on the second record. It's fun. Nice follow up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't say anything bad about the Ramones. I would have like, I would have picked something else by the Ramones. Like, this is a really good song, but yeah, it's. Out with the Ramones, I think. Oh, really? No, I like the Ramones too, but I was gonna say the same thing. Like, I wonder would Rockaway Beach? I guess because it's a like it's it sounds like it's a summer song. Like yeah. Hanging out at Rockaway Beach. I guess mm. that's why. But you're right. There's a, there's probably about 15 songs you could pick. Like Blitzkrieg Bop could have easily replaced this, but they just put it in because right. it has the word beach in it, and they wanted to put something by yeah. the Ramones in. Yeah, that's that. That's the weakness of this list, right? That's what yeah. we were saying. Like, it's lazy. Yeah. Uh, what about the Stones' Miss You? Is that a summer song? I mean, I like that song. I wouldn't call it a summer song, personally. Yeah, me neither. I'm not sure why. Like, like yeah. it came out in the summer. Because it's yeah. just kind of like a groovy-ish disco song by the Stones. But, like, I could say, like, you know, Time time is on my side would be, like, a better choice. Like, that's just kind of a steamier, like, you know, stoner out, like, slacker kind of yeah. bluesy song that would, like, way, way better fit this list. Uh-huh. Um, Donna Summer, Hot Stuff. We're all a big bunch of Donna Summer fans here. MacArthur Park better, I think. Okay. Um, That's a good choice. But, but I get it. Again, I get it. I don't hate that song. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about it. I guess. Yeah, that's fine. We can we can move on. I'm good. Um, <laughs> the Cars, let the good times roll. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I mean, I love the Cars. So I love this song. Love this is probably my the favorite. Cars. Yeah. This is a good. This is a definitely a driving around in the summer song. Yeah. It's sweet riff as well. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god, yeah, that's true. I love Draco Kasich. Yep. Such an amazing songwriter. Such a great producer. Um the B fifty twos Rock Lobster. Um, I mean I love that song. It's fun. Yeah. I, I'm very I'm I'm sick of the song because you used to hear this all the time in the 80s and 90s like during like retro you know retro hour on the radio or whatever mm-hmm. uh so they kind of they kind of killed this song but it yeah, is a good tune for sure uh the go-go's vacation i feel like they just picked this because it has vacation i can't even think of how that goes vacation all i ever wanted yeah i like we got the beat way better that's that's a way more yeah, fun I mean, song in yeah, my yeah. Friend, in my opinion. Madonna Holiday, again. 
holiday. Come on. Yeah. So easy. Yeah, Whatever. I know. Little easy. I could have. Yeah, it's just like I think of other songs that are just like more fun summer songs, like Borderline from this era ish or whatever. I, exactly. Borderline would have been way more fun yeah. than holiday. Yeah. It's more wonder, summery, actually. It feels more summer. I feel like it. I wonder if part of this list was like, you know, did Rolling Stone take into account like if they were big in the charts in that summer? Maybe that's why. Yeah, it's no, true. Sure. It's all money, right? Who's yeah, contributing yeah. the most money? For sure. Holiday was like her big breakout hit. And I'm sure song. Holiday was a big hit. Yeah. Yeah, it was a huge song. Like that was her breakout song, right? Yeah. Uh Banana Rama Cruel Summer. <laughs> well listen, don't get started because I'm a big banana rama fan. <laughs> banana rama fan. So I'm gonna say yes to the song. Okay. Yeah, I love this too. As in big banana rama fan. All the actions, all the dance actions in the video, I knew it all. I would do oh. the whole thing. Oh. Okay. These, oh yeah. These ladies were like the the precursor to Ace of Base, right? Like it was like I it feel like they just like as soon as they sort of faded, they just like created Ace of Base to just like slip no. in. I cannot yeah. agree. With that. No, no. I, with that. I mean, no. Yeah. those I girls, those girls in Banana Rama, I just thought were gorgeous too so the girl with the like short See? blonde hair yeah good good haircut siobhan i think yeah they oh, were yeah? all cool yeah yeah for sure yeah, they were cool um what's the next one? Oh, okay don henley the boys of summer hate it yeah um i, I will love, say I what's that i i really like this song. you like this one Lying. Yeah. I really like <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you're such a liar. I lived with you. We were roommates. <laughs> I never heard you rip yeah, on some what? like Eden. This is a pure lie. No, no. If this song comes on in the radio, it actually came on my Spotify today. No oh, wow. Line, and yeah. I was like, I was like, sweet, sweet. No, it's a good tune. Like, you're <laughs> such a liar right now. I'm not, I'm not okay. even lying. Well, then this just happened. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> this wouldn't have came on, like, at the apartment, like, hey, check it out. I wouldn't have put it on. <laughs> well, you just said you love this song, so. You guys were you sitting know. around drinking going, hey, put on Don Hanley. Put on Building the Perfect Beast. Yeah. Great record. Exactly, Jack. Did, did you? Right. Yeah, I never, <laughs> I never, never happened. I never owned this. But, uh, sure, man. Sure, you did. It's a good summer song, like, of course. That's what I'm getting you for your birthday. Okay, yeah. yeah. Don Henley t shirt coming your way. <laughs> I mean, I hate the Eagles, but actually, I, I can I can get behind this record. There's some there's some stuff I like from my youth, like hearing this on the radio a lot. These were just like big songs. So it kind of is just like stuck in my head. It's not something I'm like, I, I need to like, you know, put on. But again, I won't turn off. A couple of these songs if they come off on the radio. All right, moving on. Yeah. Probably the most obvious one on this list, I would say. Katrina and the Waves walking on sunshine. Hate it. Hate it. Oh, hate Actually, it. No, I don't. I don't. I can't say that I hate. I guess it's when I say hate, that's not. You know, it's like again, sick of it. Like if I heard it now, I'd probably be like, okay. It reminds me of High Fidelity a lot. Mm-hmm. Which is why um, I like it, yeah. With, you know, Jack Black. I always think of that scene like yeah. when he's just trying to cheer up. Rob. You know, his boss. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. But um, 
What else did they do? What else did Katrina and the Waves do? That I don't was know. It, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was it. Probably. I have no idea. This was 1983. Was this the start and end of the... Or 85. It could have been the start and end of their career. I don't know. It was a fun tune. Yeah, it's fine. Like, again, like, I, yeah, I really... Yeah, this is just one of those I'm sick of it. Yeah. I mean, I just said it was, like, super obvious, but, like, do I ever really want to hear this song in any situation? No. No. Um, <laughs> like maybe drunk at a wedding. Um, Madonna, oh, what's that? On the beach. On the beach, yeah. Jimmy Buffett's Jimmy Buffett's wedding in Mexico. Katrina and the Waves yeah. are playing. Yeah. Um, Madonna into the groove. I can get I can get behind this a little more than than Holiday. Me too. Yeah, me too. This is a good pop song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, It Takes Two. It takes two to make things go right. I love, love, love this song and still do to this day. Me too. Yeah, this is an all this is an all-timer. This is an all-timer. No, right. there's nothing wrong with this song at all. It's wonderful. No. Is it, it, it got, absolutely wonderful. Is it a summer song? It got played over and over and over and over again, and I never got sick of it. Yeah? Yeah, I love this song. Okay, right on. Okay, so I have a small, very tiny story about this song. Sure. 30 second story. Yeah, yeah. It, it was played everywhere. It's true. I knew all the words. Me, Susan, and Dennis, and Mike Carroll were driving on the expressway in Windsor. I don't know where we were going. And it was on CD. And it was in, I was in the front seat. And I put it on again for like the millionth time. <laughs> and Mike just like literally pushed the out button, pulled the CD out, and tossed it out the window onto the road as we were driving and i was like what the fuck are you doing and he was like no it's over there will be no more dj easy rock like he was like literally snapping and me and sue were just like dying we were laughing so hard like i was mad though because i was like fuck i just bought that (laughs) but he was like no it's over and i was like okay then how do we that's my story but this is like a pattern because it yeah. probably was a tape. You're right. Whatever Be- it was, maybe it wasn't a CD. Whatever it was, because I have the same story about Mike Carroll. Because we were in the, we were on the highway. You, me, and and Carroll. No, not that story. When we had the other one, where we almost got in an accident, and we were listening to Iggy Pop. Blah blah blah. <laughs> And he takes the tape out and whips it out the window and goes, "I am not dying to Iggy Pop." Blah blah blah. This is a pattern with Carol. He thinks it's like a bad omen, so he has to throw things out the window so he can live another day. Get the evil out of the car. (laughs) (laughs) He has to exercise the demons. Yes, exactly. Uh, LL Cool J going back to Cali. Another Alzheimer. Yeah, I love it. Okay. How about Public Enemy Fight the Power? Okay, obviously love it, but I feel like this is just, I mean, they kind of explain this in the write-up they have here, that this was the, essentially the only song on the soundtrack of uh, Do the Right Thing, and that's a movie about, like, an intensely hot day in the summertime. Everything about that movie is just, like, dripping sweat. So I get it, but is this really, like, a summer song? (laughs) Like, fight the power? I think you 
just you connotate well yeah the connotation is there for sure and i'm just saying because we literally just watched this movie in my backyard like less than a month ago oh wow um and it was hot and we were watching it radio rakim you know and we were mm -hmm. just we couldn't believe how good this movie was like we forgot mm -hmm. and that song was just it was extra wonderful it's like jesus i forgot about how good this song is and i think that's what you do you just think about that movie and you're sweating and it's hot and it's new york and it's like 110 degrees mm -hmm. and that's what comes to your head yeah yeah and geez, now we're getting to the era where like you know i can remember these summers now and I definitely remember that summer with this song "Fight the Power" on all time. It was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about now? We're getting into 1991. We have "Summer Babe" by Pavement. Now, I, I mean, I'm a giant Pavement fan, so yes for me. <laughs> I was just gonna say you should take this one. Yeah, yeah, because I don't, you know, um, I don't remember this being a big summer song in 1991. But like I said, it like certainly like wasn't. Said, you. You're a big fan, so you might have this might have been a more impactful for you. I mean, this was never like summer babe, but just they just literally picked this because it has the word summer in the title, and I think Rolling Stone just wanted to redeem itself a little on this list and make themselves look a little cooler. And they did a big write up, like interviewed uh, I think probably Steve Malcolm is here or something like that. Rob Sheffield interviewed him, and yeah, it has the word summer in the title. I can get behind it. Sure, it's a fine summer song i suppose yeah. i really love this song and i love this record but yeah like do i think this is like a summer banger no but it's a no. fucking great song it's yeah. an album opener yeah and uh they probably like you said they probably want to put some an indie rock band in here somewhere for sure because they were really <laughs> dragging here and there's nothing yeah. indie about this list okay tlc waterfalls 1995 love Okay, yeah, for sure. so this was definitely, definitely a summer song. This was released in the summer. Yes. This was played all summer long. This I feel like this was the summer song of 1995, I would say. This was the most expensive video ever made at the time. Um, I F, did not know that. Yeah, so I think it was like a million dollar video. And F. Gary Gray, who did Friday and uh, uh, Straight Outta Compton, he directed it. And this was what I remember about this song, actually, is that I went on a trip to South Carolina in 1995 in the summer. Why my parents decided to take this trip, I have no idea, because it was like 300 degrees there. Um, <laughs> we were, I pretty much was like, I was in this condo with AC on the entire time. Um, but they, I, it was the first time I'd ever seen MTV, because we had much music in canada obviously and i'd never seen mtv right. before so i went and i was shocked number one that mtv just sucked because much music was incredible and i still stand behind that how amazing that channel was bo agrees um but uh but they only played like six videos on repeat that was much that was mtv's uh format and it would think it was like hootie and the blowfish and a madonna video and TLC waterfalls and essentially I could almost turn on that channel at any point of the day and waterfalls would be um, Dr. Dre and Tupac California love absolutely yeah how yeah, could you how, I'm in on this one yeah how could you not and the and the really sad sad ending to this list is yeah, this is the last one it's too bad what is it smash mouth walking on the sun 
Okay, wait a minute. Smash mouth. Might as guy. well be walking Smash on the sun. Nah, nah, nah. I know, I think I can just see the video on my head. Yeah. yeah. This is coming back to, like, I really hated this era of music, and Smash Mouth was on a lot, and I just thought they had just, like, created this band and thrown them out there. They were fucking awful. I hated this band. And I feel yeah. like they just threw it on just because it was the year before. It was 1997. So they just put this on. Like, this is one of the greatest songs. Of they they could have ended the list at Dr. Dre. Why didn't they? Why did they have to throw on Smash Mouth? Did the people at this at, like at this magazine really think this was going to be a timeless thing that they were going to throw on? And in 22 years, be like, yep, still holds it. There had, to be, there had to be a better tune in Summer of 97 than this. I feel like, yeah, like Prodigy. I would have thrown on something. Like yeah. when I think of Summer of 97, I think of that song Breathe. That was on constantly in 1997. What song? Breathe, like by Prodigy. Oh, okay. Okay, guys. Yes, yes, okay. They should have put an electronic song on there. Screw they really should have. At this point in time, they really should have. Yeah. But again, Rolling Stone kind of sticks to its favorites and is it plays it pretty safe most of the time. I think their, you know, their articles and stuff like that, like journalism can be really good, but their music choices, it's it's pretty safe. Okay, so out of that list, what songs should have been on it, do you think? What are your songs, Sheila? Well, mine are, I mean, it's it's weird because I was thinking about it and then um, I was thinking about Vince and I was thinking about you and just like, you know, like summer memories or summer songs that I still, so like Last Night by The Strokes is oh. very summery to me. Yeah, you're right. That's like, a... I just remember always, you know, having a drink or like I was meeting Vince somewhere, we would be going out and it was summertime and I would put that song on and just be like, yeah, let's get her going. Nice. Yeah, that one um, crossed my mind today too. Crossed my mind today too. Uh, get Lucky, Daft Punk, oh wow! Like "Get Lucky" is big summer song for me. Yeah. Because and I don't know if that came out in the summer. I don't remember when, but like yeah. even to this day, I'm just like, oh, like you just kind of feel it. It did and for it sure. Did. Yeah, it was it a did. summer and song. I have it on my lip short list too. So. Okay. And then my like, you know, it. I'm sorry, it has summer in the name, but that summer feeling by Jonathan Rennie. Oh wow, that's good. That's my big one. Oh, that's and then awesome. Sunday, Sunday by the monkeys. I was because I was talking about the monkeys and I always you know, oh, again, yeah. I've gone back to the monkeys in the last little while. They were good, man. Which monkeys had some good tunes. What song did you say, Sheila? Pleasant Valley Sunday. Oh wow, that's beautiful, yeah. So those were mine. Wow, that's good. What do you got, Vince? Uh I got a few, but I'll I'll there's one one kind of brings me back to like going camping back in the day, um, on the long weekends. And uh, it was kind of part of the soundtrack. It was always uh, the Beastie Boys were always on. So, so what you want? Oh. And that video, that video was also kind of like that. Yeah. Like big walk, time. Walking through the woods. For sure. I love that tune. It, it always reminds me of uh, summer for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get Lucky was also on there. Uh, nice. I'll, I'll name a couple. I'll throw. Okay. Since we're since we're all Canadian. Uh, Bob Cajun is a big one, obviously. It's an obvious of one. Of course. Right on. It works. It works. And it's a good, it's another good campfire tune. Yeah, yeah, tragically, yeah. And then actually this summer, like, I'm not up on pop music 
as much as I used to be, obviously, because I'm an old man. But um, the tune that I heard this summer when I was down in Windsor on satellite radio, Jackson, you ever hear, you know who Rex Orange County is? Yeah. And he's got a tune called Loving is Easy. Yes. What a good, what a great song. Oh my God, I love that song. All right, now I'm going to look it up. And that's like my summer 2020 song. Yeah, that is a that is an awesome song. I love that guy. Such a nice tune. That guy, when when you hear his song, you have a completely different picture of what that guy will look like. And when you actually see him, he's this kind of plain, kind of nerdy, no style white kid from California, like kind of pale dude. And he's writing this really no man, like really group. Is he from England? And he's just called Rex Orange County. He's a white kid from England. Okay. That would make sense because oh, right. he, he looks like a pale like British him. kid. He doesn't sound like him. Yeah, and, yeah. and that that song is fantastic. No, I love that song. Yeah. Oh, no, I got to look it up. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Of this song. You'll love it, Sheila. You'll be into it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, The only one that I, like, off of that, like, if I say, like, off of the list that I think they missed is um, Time of the Season by The Zombies. Oh. I would put that on a summer list like that one I thought I thought they just should have been on there I mean obviously it doesn't I mean they could have put summertime but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done that I would have time of the season I just I have this yeah a lot of memories of just like summertime really like kind of another kind of humid song Um, but the things it was funny because I was thinking of like songs that like just associate with summer that really have nothing to do with summer but I just remember like being on all the time. I just like maybe got into them in the summer and just was playing them a lot. Um, these are two, again, here's a Canadian pick. For some reason, this stands out in my mind. Like I've had so many summers, but my summer in like 1995, I was listening to Nine Inch Nails, Downward Spiral, and Eric's Trip Forever Again all summer. Oh my God, Eric's Trip. So wow. there, there's a song on on the forever again called my chest is empty and they and you can hear them they recorded it in their backyard on acid at like four in the morning (laughs) (laughs) and and then and then march the pigs for some reason that's 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 why i mean it's not a summer song but it's a banger and i just was listening to it a lot and also um just listening to like sleater kenny O. That that record, there's oh, something nice. that's something about that, like that was just like a whole summer of just like listening to that and and Salter Street where I lived in 2005, uh, just like constantly. I remember like my roommate. Yeah, oh my god, that was a punk house, eh? <laughs> so there was always something going on that. Yeah, I know. We never left. I didn't know like we were never doing anything, going out in Toronto, like doing cool stuff. It was just everybody just came over to our house all the time. Yeah. Yeah, we, true. we didn't have cell phones. We just we just showed up and just like, yeah, come on over. We were just kind of always there. It was yeah, a, you just knew somebody would be there. It'd yeah, be like, hey. yeah, exactly. It was a good time <laughs> back when that happened when you just could stay at a house all summer and people would just show up. Yeah. Which brings us to the last thing, guys. And I know we just did a giant list, and this hasn't really happened to me before, where I did like a feature of a list of music, but we're gonna do another list. And we'll do this uh, uh, fairly quickly. But who do you think is number one in the charts 
July 1998, who's number one of the charts? I'm going to run down July the... July 1998? So I'm going to run down the list, actually, quickly. Um, okay. And then we'll get to it. Is this it. albums or singles? This is albums. And this is just kind of... I always like to do this because this just, like, paints a, a portrait of this of this specific era in time. Okay. On this list, this is another great thing about this. is like a portrait in time. There is five soundtracks in the top 20 on this list. Which Holy just... Jesus. Yeah. 1998. Yeah. So yeah. th- this 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 could be hard to like guess, but um, number nine. This is a portrait of the late '90s, if there ever was one. It's Vonda Shepherd songs from Ally McBeal soundtrack. <laughs> no way. Okay, wait. There's probably some gems. On I that. know. So it's the theme song to Ally McBeal, which ended up being like a hit, and then they just put the. They made it into a soundtrack just so they could essentially sell that song on a CD. And this woman apparently has like four other original songs and maybe some other shit on there from the show. And that's back when you couldn't just download a song. You had to buy a CD with a bunch of worthless songs on it just to have one song that you wanted. Just have the one hit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is number nine on the Billboard charts. (laughs) That is insane. Um, number eight, uh, and big artist Natalie Merchant, Ophelia. You know the. Oh, yeah. I loved Natalie Merchant. Yeah, so she had a good song. The, the, her like giant song was off of this. Okay. Where is she? What happened to her? I don't know. People. People have their moment. You know, it's, it is what it is. I'm sure Natalie. I guarantee, if we looked up, Natalie Merchant is still doing stuff and still touring and doing things, but. People have their moment with their big songs, and that's it. Any woman artist that like kind of does, did what Natalie Merchant does or, or did, we uh, we always say, oh, they must have gone to Tracy Chapman Street. Like we we call it <laughs> Tracy Chapman Street to all like the, the women like you know Macy Gray and Natalie Merchant. Oh, they're all living on Tracy Chapman Street. Wow, they were there, and now they're gone. I love that. Oh my God, I'm stealing that. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's all yours. Um, everybody's favorite, uh, you know, if we want to talk about, you know, bands that a bunch of people love to follow around and rally around. 90s band uh, named after the uh, the front person, the singer-songwriter. Who is Dave it, Matthews guys? Band. Dave Matthews Band. Sure. Before these crowded streets. I'm sure I know the three big songs off of this record I, you know I know Dave Matthews songs but couldn't care less another about band that like toured around every summer for years and years oh yeah yeah I mean there was crazy Dave Matthews fans big yes. time I feel like da- um, yeah I feel like Dave Matthews fans and Pearl Jam fans are like one of the same like people who are like they're not the same people but they're like they do not miss shows like yeah. they tour around, yeah, yeah. they go for it. Um, you, um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, I was just trying to think of that one song, that one Dave Matthews song that everybody was just. Well, that's on Crash. Crash. That's it. That's yeah. it. Thank that's you. It. That's that's, like that's that. probably on this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number six. Uh, there's always so I love the, these portraits of these things because I always say they never 
ever talk about country artists in any of these magazines, but they're always like topping the charts. So another person that you cannot have a billboard chart without in the 1990s, Garth Brooks, the limited series is the record. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number five, hip hop artists that I really didn't know. Eight ball. No. Me neither. What? Eight ball? Eight ball. He had a double record. This is number five on the charts. It it's the first week and he debuted at number five. How did I not know a rapper named Eight Ball? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good name, huh? Especially in the nineties, like fuck. <laughs> he he does not I mean, there was a lot of hip hop that I mean I mean you, you think of hip hop today, like you you can't you can't miss it, but there was I mean, it wasn't really getting played on the radio or anything. So, I mean, even if it was a gigantic record and a big artist, you could miss it. And so I listened to this guy's record. I listened to the singles. I did not recognize him, but I asked friends about them. Like, yeah, of course. Like, I definitely knew 8-Ball. He was a big artist. I didn't. Yeah. No, me neither. Okay, how about number four? The uh, This is the fourth soundtrack on the list. Um, okay, I'll see if I can. This album... This was a terrible movie, but it had a good soundtrack. This is 1998, and it's like just a bunch of like obviously B sides or stuff like that for they just put on a record just so they could sell it. There's a bunch of good artists on here. There's Rage Against the Machine. There's Foo Fighters, Jamiroquai, Ben Folds Five. Any any guesses? And it was terrible movie. Yeah, it was a it was a blockbuster summer big. Oh, is it uh, Godzilla? Yes, events. Yeah. Oh, good job. It's the Godzilla. The, the, rage, the Rage song is really good on that. It is good, yeah. It's No Shelter. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. Um, this is not... This and is the, uh, Puff Daddy does something with uh, Jimmy with, Page. With Jimmy Page. It was that duo song, yeah, which I was... I wow. had no idea why. I, I remember being 18, listening to that, going, really? <laughs> That's happening? Yeah, it's they, just, they did the cashmere. Yeah, they just... It's like a sample of cashmere. And then somehow Jimmy Page ended up in the video and he probably actually did like an original riff in the song somewhere, but it's just the cashmere sample. Yeah, pretty much. But this is also Godzilla the album. And I remember this coming out and it was like, and it was said songs inspired by Godzilla. (laughs) These guys were so inspired. Well, if you remember... It's not even the soundtrack. I don't think the songs are even in the movie. <laughs> it's just Probably they just not. made a soundtrack for it and put these guys Inspired on. Inspired by Godzilla. Yeah. I remember Rage throws Godzilla through the line where they mentioned Godzilla in their song. They no. just threw it in. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That, song that disappoints me. <laughs> yeah. That's really disappointing. <laughs> I they really knew what they were doing. Oh, so now I know what I'm going to say to Tom Morello. Should I ever meet him? Yeah. yeah. Hey, remember when you got that payday? <laughs> Putting Godzilla <laughs> in your song? Hey, guys. Come on in the studio. I'm going to drive a dump truck full of money up to your houses. Just throw the word Godzilla in the song. <laughs> and we're good. You got it, boss. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I can't believe it's called Godzilla the album. It's it's all awesome. it's Inspired like by. But when you read it like this, it's like Godzilla the crooner. Godzilla in the studio. 
it's it's like Tony Bennett duets. Yeah, he's he's actually in the studio with Rage and Foo Fighters. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Okay, well, there's, who do we know? Who directed Godzilla? Was it like a big deal? Yeah, and it was what? a huge deal, and it, was, and it flopped. Wasn't it the same dudes that did Independence Day? Yes. I actually remember. I mean, I was a bad movie. Sure. Yeah, it was terrible. Matthew Broderick was the star. There we go. I was just gonna say who was in it. Okay. Yeah, Broderick. I remember. And you know what's funny? I was actually in New York City when I was 17 when they were filming it and I remember walking by the set and they had shut down a street and all it was was people just running down the street screaming. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I was like, what, awesome. what disaster movie will this be? I thought. <laughs> Maybe Jimmy Buffett tickets were going on. <laughs> Jimmy Buffet. James Buffet. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Band name called it. Um, okay, <laughs> number three is an artist called Sparkle, <laughs> and she's a female. Are you lying right now? What's that? Are you lying? No, I'm not. This is she Sparkle. debuted at number three. I again looked her up. Her music's actually not that bad. It's R and B. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I. I mean, again, I never know R and B hits, but obviously there's a gigantic audience for it. So, yeah, this person obviously did fairly well. She's at number three when debuting this week. Okay, down to the last two. Another soundtrack, guys. <laughs> Um, yeah I know it just keeps going this is a movie with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan what hold on don't say it Vince hold on I know the tune from it that was a big song yeah I'm not going to give it away okay no go ahead I can't remember the movie's name yeah but the Goo Goo Dolls had a giant song on it oh is that okay Let's Remember see. Nicolas Cage is the is a go is a angel. Yeah. Oh yes. The movie okay, is. Okay, wait. Okay. Go ahead. What is it? Just say it. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it, it the movie is called. I was gonna try to get it. But... It's the movie is City of Angels. It's right. the movie. City of Angels. Right. And okay. yeah, he's an angel. And you're right, Vince. Yeah, it's a, a Google doll song. Goo Goo doll song. Did you look up like the soundtrack who was on it? Yeah, I'm trying. Iris? Iris, you are correct. Iris, Sheila. Good job. Yeah. Um, oh, this is perfect, guys. Like, talk about, um, like, payday songs, like bands who will just, like, throw their name on stuff like this and got <laughs> Rage putting Godzilla in their song. The number one, <laughs> number one on this track listing of City of Angels. If God will send His angels by you two. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> of course. Oh God. Yeah. Bono. Fucking asshole. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even remember that song. I'm no, sure me if neither. I it, if I pulled it up. No. Me too. I I've never heard that. I mean, I bet we have, but I try to forget ever listening to you two. So. 
I actively put them out of my mind, but it never works. They Jackson, come back. we could have done an entire podcast on YouTube. <laughs> we can come back, man. We'll do another one. <laughs> D- don't like worry. The, the, the loathing for Guys, YouTube. there is no shortage of YouTube feature articles in the magazines that I oh, own. Man. I uh, exactly. Yeah. No. Oh, especially at Rolling Stone. Oh yeah, That's man. Any excuse to put them on the cover, Rolling Stone would do it. There's yeah, like no one has been on the cover more than you two and Bob Dylan. Like any time, Bob yeah. Dylan releases a record every year, and Rolling Stone just puts him on the cover. Like we get it. He's a gigantic artist. It's been sixty years. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny when I moved when I moved back, like when I moved back to Windsor from Toronto. And I mean, I hadn't been talking to you too much, and I went to go see you two in Detroit, and like you were on me like a bad smell. Like I hadn't talked to you, and you were like, "Why are you at a YouTube concert?" I was like, "Hi, Jackson." Question one. Like, there was, like I can feel your rage. Why were you? What are you doing there? I don't know why I hate you two so much, but I kind of just—it's like yeah, in my. Hilarious. It's in my personality now, and I just can't go back on it. Oh, yeah, no. Like, they... I would pass out if you were like, you know what? I've changed my mind. <laughs> You're like, oh, Jackson's definitely lost his mind. Yeah. Yeah, I've got an infectious disease I'm dying from. Um, <laughs> it's affected my brain. Uh, okay, number one. I kind of already mentioned it in this uh, issue, if you remember. It's a rapper. It's a Nineteen ninety eight. This guy debuted at number one. First week on the charts, number one. DMX. First record? It's dark as hell. Oh, DMX? Yeah. And hot as hell. Wow, there you go. Wait. Wait. His record is, it's dark and hell, it's hot. (laughs) It's dark and hell, it's hot. It's dark and hell, it's hot. And that's it. That's the billboard. That was the biggest list episode we've ever done. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much, guys, for doing this with me. It was a real pleasure. Uh, I've been dying to have you both on because I've had so many extensive music conversations with both of you for the past 15 years. So it was really awesome to get to do this with you both. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I loved it. Thank you so much. Yeah, guys, we'll we'll do this again soon when we do a cover story on YouTube. I that we'll just do it again soon. Let's do it. We'll come up with another, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We won't for... do 1998. No, no, no. You guys pick the year next time. I've got I've got a issue for everything. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> well, freaking pack rat. <laughs> All right. Well, so... Awesome. Thank you, Jackson. Thanks, Jackson. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye now. Shut him down, open up shop. Oh, no, oh, that's a rough ride. Stop, drop, shut him down, open up shop. Oh, no, that's a rough ride. It's y'all niggas crazy. I'll bust you and be crazy. Stop acting like a baby. Mind your business, lady. Nosy people get it too. When you see me spit at you, you know I'm trying to get rid of you. Yeah, I know it's pitiful. That's how niggas.